even if I'm not working on a project for somebody else, I'm working on a project for me. So like I'm writing screenplays, I'm writing music, I go to the studio and I choreograph something. And I love to have tangible things that show just myself, things I don't post on the internet, things that I don't um, share online that are literally just pieces of art that I've made for me. Hey, I'm Lara, an artist, educator, and entrepreneur who's danced through life in Australia, London, and California. Now I'm an Aussie in Atlanta, Georgia, USA, juggling roles as an artist, ex-dancer, current actor, author, professional educator, and qualified life coach. I'm also a wife and mother of two. Join me on this podcast crafted for creative souls at every level, entrepreneurs, artists, dreamers, and hope-filled humans alike. I'm here to guide you towards a life of love, purpose, adventure, and boundless creativity. As a healthy, wealthy, and wise creative soul, I invite you to hit subscribe for weekly inspiration. Anticipate solo episodes, exclusive interviews with creative luminaries, and insightful discussions with my hottie hubby, Andrew, a specialist performance physical therapist, as we delve into the dynamics of relationships and more. Dive into a 360-degree view of making a creative life you'll love. Whether you're curious about a career in Hollywood, you know someone who's there, you've got a child who's going there, or you're already there, this episode is for you. It is with Ava Jean Cutlip, who at 18 has already made her mark in Hollywood. Welcome to another episode of Healthy Wealthy Wise Artist. I'm your host, Lara, and I'm sitting down with the beautiful rising star who was born in New York City, Ava Jean Cutlip. She was destined for the stage as a daughter of a Radio City rocket, who's my good friend, Ava's childhood which is where I met her when she was just two running around New York City when I was there performing. Her childhood was filled with dance, leading to her first professional performance at the Kennedy Center at age 10. Ava's artistic journey has evolved beyond dance into acting, and she has also performed alongside the very beautiful, famous Kristen Chenoweth, proving her triple threat talent. Music's another facet of Ava's creativity, as well as her acting, and she's collaborated with industry greats like Kenny Ortega. She's a testament to hard work at a young age and perseverance. We're going to talk all things first year in Hollywood, what it's really been like. Let's dive into the captivating journey of Ava Jean Cutlip. Welcome to the show, Ava. So you've been in Hollywood a year and a half, your first yeah. year. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen you for so long. I think the last I, time I saw you was in Paris or was it Hong Kong or was it Sydney? No, I think it was London. <laughs> I think it was London. London. <laughs> that was like the best conversation ever because <laughs> I have seen you all over the world. I do have memories of you being so organized with your mum when it was pouring with rain. I think it was in Paris. Probably, we yeah. There performing. Yeah, Yeah. and you pulled out an umbrella and a raincoat and you were just ready for action and I was not ready and I got drenched and I was like, they are such professional (laughs) travellers. Yeah, I feel like you pick up really quickly whenever your mom is just like all over the place all the time, you know? She really, really was. And as you know, people will come to hear, she's a good friend of mine, your mom, and very special to me. And by the way, I saw on your website something about studying something at university or college as they say are you still doing that or is that paused what's that no so yeah I when I graduated high school at 16 I started college like a day after 
Um, wow. And yeah. So I will be done with school next September. So um, with a business math degree. I'm just in shock because I was like, here's Ava going the performing route and you've got, what was that decision about? Like yeah, what, so, what made you, I mean, obviously it's sensible, but tell me more about that choice. I mean, that's mainly it. I, I've always been really entrepreneurial, kind of like my mom. And I think, you know, for me, I love education. I I love to learn. And so deciding to do a business degree was more of me being able to market myself as an actor mm. and as a performer, wow. you know, because I feel like unfortunately in the world we live in, that's also the artist's job now. And I don't really, yeah. I don't love that, but I'm learning. No one why. <laughs> I'm learning it's something I'm going to have to kind of step into and kind of be my own little marketing person. And so that's been really helpful. And on the math side, I don't really like math. I don't know why I'm getting a business math degree. Um, <laughs> I don't really, that's I don't funny. really like it all that much, but I will say it you know, scratches a different part of my brain that is keeping me on my toes. And like, I can still do multiplications. That's good. <laughs> you know, that, I mean, I'm very impressed because my son's already better at math than me. So <laughs> he's, he's nearly 10. He's in the top 10% of in Georgia. Um, wow. So I don't really know what that says, but he's, he's pretty He's a genius. Yeah, that's great. He's a little genius. <laughs> I can't believe he's already I'm 10. I'm really proud of him. It's yeah, wild. he's only little. What were the most surreal moments for you in your first one and a half years in Hollywood and how did you handle the overwhelming excitement? Was it even exciting actually, to be <laughs> yeah. fair? Were you excited <laughs> to move to LA? <laughs> you know, I always tell this story. Um, it was New Year's Eve. 2021. And I'm watching this interview. Um, I, I don't know who it was by. It was this video on YouTube of this really successful businessman. And so I'm listening to him and he says, you know, if you want things to happen in your life, you need to sit down and you need to write them out like you're writing out an order for something. I did this this year. I earned this much money. I worked with this person, right? And so I wrote, I lived, I lived in California. And I think when I wrote it, I said, I spent time in California. I was really giving myself some leeway. It could have meant a week. It yep. could have meant a month. Who knows? And um, <laughs> January 1st, I go to my parents and I'm like, listen, I'm going to LA. And they're like, they're like <laughs> laughing at me. They're like, you are ridiculous. Who's going to go? Because you're young, you? right? Were they laughing because of your age or were they laughing because they didn't want you to go? It's like just, what was the... I think they were laughing because they expected it, honestly. Like, oh, they, okay. That they would make like, sense in oh, your family. Okay. It's here time. It okay. Here we go. Um, I was 16, right, when this happened. And wow, so okay. I went out with my mom for a month. I had the worst pilot season of my life. And um, the day that I'm leaving, I got a meeting with um, somebody that I ended up working with that summer. And after that project, I, uh, I graduated high school totally randomly, I told the school I was graduating a week before graduation. And they told you me, told I yeah, I was like, um, so I'm leaving. And they were like, no, you're not. And I'm like, well, I have enough credits. Like you can't, you can't keep me here. And so nice. I ended up graduating <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, I was like, you can't keep me here. And, um, I was so excited to move. We didn't know how it was going to work. I found my roommate through my agent, like the month before we moved and it was just, you know, it was just going to be me. My parents were like, you're just going out there. Like you're, you're a literal child. Like we can't no. do this. And, um, yeah. it just happened. It, it honestly mm -hmm. just happened. I was beyond excited. And when I got here, 
you know how when you're learning something new and your confidence is really low and your competence mm-hmm. is also really low <laughs> and and then you book like one tiny like I booked like one tiny little thing and all of a sudden I thought I knew everything and yeah. my confidence soared because it's one of those things where it's like you get to experience working and you're like, oh, like no way, like this is incredible. And, you know, I still learn things every day, but it was teaching myself that like you're always a student. And I always knew that I was always going to be a student, but it is overwhelmingly exciting when you first get here and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm in LA, like I'm an actor. And it's such a, like a, (laughs) it's, I mean, it's really awful. It took me a couple months to like chill out. Um, and I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I did. But yeah, I think one of the most surreal moments for me was three months in, I, um, I had found a couple friends, right? My roommate and then two other kids that were in a similar situation to me. Um, but they were both working on network shows at the time, right? But we became this little friend group and we were sitting in my apartment one night and we were all just laying on the ground, looking at the ceiling, talking about what we want to be doing and how we're so passionate about this. And that was really surreal for me because it was the first mm-hmm. time I felt like I had people that understood what I loved because growing up, you know, where I did, it was amazing, but it didn't provide certain things that fill my soul. And yeah. that those conversations, those late night conversations are surreal and they're incredible. And it's kind of what keeps me going is knowing that I have a community behind me. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I remember when you were in New York. So obviously you're referring to that at some point your mom and B and, and dad um, moved out of New York. <laughs> they're left. It was, I mean, it wouldn't have been a great place to grow up um, because it was crazy crowded, not the safest place for kids. You had, I remember your apartment there, you didn't have a garden or anything. Yeah. So you got to grow up wild and free, didn't you, with lots yeah. of space. But yeah. <laughs> so LA is probably perfect for you in that way. Have you ever felt really, really homesick? Like, Oh yeah. What am I doing? I don't even know how to shop by myself. Or were you pretty independent when you got there? (laughs) I (laughs) she laughs. (laughs) I hesitate telling people this because it's you don't want to say it, but like I did not know how to live. Like, like I did not know how to live. I mean, I was 17, right? I had never had to step into that. And what Mm. I was being asked to step into is something I requested. Right. Yeah. So I would call my mom and dad like crying, but I also didn't want to be like, oh, she needs to come home. Like I, so I stepped into it and it was really difficult. I will admit it is for anybody. And I have friends that are in college now, they're in their freshman year, and it's the same thing, right? Like they, Mm. I have conversations with them and they're like, oh, I see, like this is just different. And it's everyone has to go through it. And it's the hard part of growing up. And I just did it a year earlier, but. For, it's the same for everybody, I think. Yeah, I remember at 17, I moved to Sydney to study dance and I cried. I rang my parents. Yeah. I cried. I remember looking at the grocery aisle going, I don't know what to buy. Yep. <laughs> I did not know how to fend for myself. So I'm sure that you can relate to that. And you think you do, and it's exciting, but then it's also really overwhelming, isn't it, at the beginning, especially when it's your first like time out of home. Oh, yeah. Can you share too, like any breakthrough moments that made you feel like I'm getting traction, 
Because I know some people move, they go to Hollywood, but they don't feel like they're getting any traction. They don't feel like they're just shredding the boards and it's like, when does something good happen? Like, did you have any breakthrough moments or do you feel like they're still coming? Yeah, I did. I feel very blessed that I, you know, ran into some of those my first year out here. And um, I, I feel like my time in California has been split up, right? It was when my mom came out with me and I was here for mm-hmm. three months and then I had that summer and then it was the official move, right? So in that in-between time, I got to work with Kristen Chenoweth at a Broadway mm-hmm. boot camp. And actually that process was documented and – um, I got to work with incredible, incredible people. And that for me was a huge breakthrough moment because I found community in that. Mm. And I think mm. that's one of the most surreal things anybody can go through is finding your people and who you fit in with and understanding so that true. you're not as weird as you think you are. And um, so that was incredible. And then once I actually moved, I booked this 20-minute uh, short film for a Korean rapper. And we shot it in Simi Valley. We shot it in the desert. And the director of that, Kim Hoban, is a genius. He's phenomenal. And the cinematography on that really is what inspired me to start creating my own work. And then two, I had a really important conversation with one of the storyboard artists. And I was like looking through her iPad and like seeing how much effort and work she put into this 20 minute film. Like it was just incredible to, I learned a lot on that set. I learned a lot and I was there for like two days, right? So that was a breakthrough moment as an artist that led me to be more creative. And then Kristen's Broadway camp, the 1300 miles to Broadway, was the first time I had been on screen. And it was the first time I had also sung on a stage. And um, nobody knew that that was my secret. Nobody knew that I hadn't sung on a stage before. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's true. That was the first time I felt like an actor because I was acting, singing and dancing in this project. Um, and I always say like, I can die happy. I've done everything I've wanted to do. Do you know what mm, I mean? Like, I totally I- do. It's hard if you're not a performer. I think it's really hard to understand this yearning and I can only describe it as this yearn, this ache mm-hmm. that is inside of artists where we just ache to use our artistry and it's and it, it just burns, doesn't it? It's like this, this purpose, this sense of fulfilment and it's hard to explain that to someone that doesn't have that drive, what that does and you know what I'm talking about because you've I got do. it. And I do. Yeah, it's just really, really, really um, both beautiful, but it's also torturous. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because it's like so strong in us and it's yeah. not always easy and it's not always fulfilled, is it? Right. And it's also one of those things where um, finding how to make, how to feel enough in a day when you're not working. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm working on because Mm -hmm. as artists, we're lucky if we get to work two, three, four times a year, right? Sometimes we work once a year. Sometimes we don't work in a year. Like that is just what Some people don't work for years. Right. Like really good actors. Right. They don't work for years and it's terrifying at the thought, isn't it? Yeah. It is. But I think what helps with that is finding like what makes you whole. And so for Mm. me, it's creating. And so even if I'm not working on a project – for somebody else, I'm working on a project for me. So like I'm writing screenplays, I'm writing music, I go to the studio and I choreograph something. And I love to have tangible things that show just myself, things I don't post on the internet, things that I don't um, share online that are literally just pieces of art that I've made for me. And 
I hope one day I do get to share those things because that's kind of the point of what we do. But it's also important to take care of yourself and do what fulfills you even when you're not working. That's so, so good. And I remember I was chatting to my brother because I went, I flew all the way back this summer to Australia to see my family. And I said, you know, it's not always about working um, to my brother who's a musician. And he goes, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's being amongst it. And I was like, wow, no one's ever said that. But there's something about being in the art city that we're in and being amongst it and doing what we do and being surrounded with like-minded people that's very energizing. And when that's not in your life, you feel so far from it. And I'm sure you can relate because when you go to Hollywood, it's not just the work, which is ultimately the goal, but it's the community, it's the opportunities, it's the classes, it's the creativity, it's the melting pot. And I lived in London a long time and it was just like, whoa, everyone's like me. Yeah. And, and it was like, I'm not alone anymore. Like this is my tribe. These are my people. I'm sure you can relate. (laughs) I can. I can. I think for me, like what I was saying about how like having these late night conversations with other artists, with my friends, it's like being immersed in what you love, right? So like Mm. just being around it, being around people. Like I literally was thinking this morning, I was like, I can go knock on that neighbor's door. We can go to the coffee shop and we write. I can knock on that neighbor's door and we can hang here and we can write. I can walk down the street knock on my best friend's door and be like, I have this idea for a show. Can I just talk it out with you? And it's like, it's like they love it. (laughs) Like I love it. It's like what it is. And, um, and it's so different than where I grew up. And I think where I grew up is amazing. I I would not change it. I was so Mm. lucky to have had the life experiences that I had. And I'm glad that I wasn't here from the beginning because if I was, I, I would not have as much to pull from, I think life-wise, but at the same time, moving here has just made me step into my own and I've grown as a person and as an artist. And I'm realizing too, like acting is like one of my favorite things to do, but I, but Mm. really storytelling is all that I care about. I don't care about if it's through movement, if it's through music, if it's through my words and writing, or if it's through acting, I just, I just have to be doing it. Oh, my gosh. I so relate because I said to my husband, because for me it was dance, as you know, for a really, really long time. And then musical theatre kind of took over because I didn't want to be in the background in the ensemble. I wanted like a role. And then acting, you know, as I had my children and I couldn't get to dance classes much, slowly, slowly acting took over and then it was film and television. And each city I've lived in sort of reflected that. But I said, no matter what, and particularly over the last year over the strike, I wrote a book. So I said, no matter what, there is a creative well, like this life force within me that has to create Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like. And I will find a place, whatever the genre, to create. And, you know, you're one of the people I've heard say the exact same thing in a different way just now is that you've got to use that creativity because it's just in you. It's like a life force that must find water. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> really good. And if you don't, it's depressing, isn't it? If you're not using that creativity, it's really yeah. depressing. Yeah. It, it. You have to make time for it, I think. Um, but like it's all I do every day. So yeah, it's my life. You know, I think people sometimes say that you need to have a life outside of your work. And I agree with that, but I cannot have a life outside of art. Mm. and art is but what the art I do you're doing work. is outside of the main thing right so <laughs> right. you're kind of like doing it but I get what you're saying it's like yeah. you've got other creative outlets yeah. which is 
why you're surviving. Well, yeah. I hope he seems like you're surviving. <laughs> yeah. Never know with performers. <laughs> We're glad. very good at looking like we've got it together, aren't we? <laughs> I am good at that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone is, would say the same thing. Would you say, like, what was your biggest challenge in the last year and a half? The biggest, biggest one was it homesick? Was it money? Was it was it the actually shock of oh, I'm not going to be working twenty four seven? And how did you overcome whatever the biggest challenge was for you? I did not have any expectations actually when I moved out here. I'm trying to think back and be like, did I have mm-hmm. any expectations? Did I have any like goals I have to do this in six months, I didn't because I, mm. I knew by that point I kind of understood that it is a complete roller coaster. But I think the hardest thing is getting distracted with people that don't have your best interest in mind. Wow, interesting. Because, and it's never yeah. people that are bad. These, like what I'm saying is like these people aren't aren't bad. You just get distracted with with people that aren't looking out for you, and mm. that's so important in a big city because it is easy to get sidetracked. It's easy to get involved with like just not focusing on your art or focusing on, you know, like having a job. Like I love having a side job. Um, I think it's important. I love having like the extra income. I think it's, that's good for me, but like socializing all day, every day is not, I feel like the best way to go about it. At first I really Mm. tried to be socializing all the time because I was trying to figure out the city, but then I realized by doing that, I wasn't taking time to learn who I was. And then I was having a hard time finding that. And so I kind of like took a step back. I kind of isolated myself actually for a couple months. And and I don't know if I should have done that, but it did help me find myself. And I think too, like faith is really important to me. Um, mm. And it's hard. It's It seems, how do I explain this properly? It seems like it'd be hard, but it's actually easy. But then it's too easy and the people that you find aren't necessarily great. Yeah, Does that make sense? That makes sense. Oh, absolutely. And I think a part of it is, you know, you want to get to know the city, but then you've got the networking side. So for you, how did you go about building connections that are industry connections versus just friendships that aren't really, as you said before, feeding your goals or feeding yeah. you as a person psychologically? Yeah. Yeah. So how do you go about the industry connections and how would you encourage others? What steps would others take to really network well as a creative? And do you yeah. believe in networking or do you think it's just by going to class and meeting people amongst it? I I believe it's a combination of both, but I think it's not about trying to network or trying mm-hmm. to build connections. I think connection happens naturally um, based off of who you work with and how good of a human you are, you know? And it's, if you're nice, you know, I think in a city like LA, you kind of have to to change the environment you're in, right? Because here, everything feels a little heavy and mm. it's not always happy and it it can affect you and there are just it's it's not always good, right? So what I've learned is like okay, how can I change the environment? How can I change my day, right? So even just like 
complimenting someone you see in a coffee shop if you like their pants or um, saying thank you more or, or being nicer to waiters or people or checking in on their day, it actually does impact them. And I find that my life kind of goes better when I'm giving more to other people because it's easy mm. to get selfish here. People come to LA to take from the city. Um, yeah. And that's hard because that's kind of what I've done, not with that intention, right? But we all come here to take something from the city, whether it's knowledge, acting classes, jobs, opportunities. And if you flip that and you give more, I think you can build really meaningful connections with people. And for me, that was going to class, helping my friends read their self-tapes, um, you know, when I meet people and if I'm going to hang out with somebody, I pick them up a coffee, right? It's just it's just being nice and learning how to have human connection in a city where it's honestly discouraged, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's like the small town in me that that kind of helped me with that understanding. That's precious, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just like um, understanding human connection and I don't know, for me – yeah. yeah, I would say for other people too, like that's just that's that's it. Just literally reach out a hand, be nice. Um instead of trying to meet people to see what you could take from them, just mm-hmm. try and have a nice conversation. That can get you so much yeah. further than, hey, if you ever need an actor, you know. <sighs> I don't, I don't <laughs> right. Like we don't we don't pull that. We don't pull that, you know? So yeah. There's a producer and director that lives in my neighborhood and you know, I see her all the time, but I have never once and will never once say, if you need an actor, she knows I'm an actor. If right. she needs an actor, she will ask right. me. Right. <laughs> and if I don't fit it, she won't. And that may I can keep my friendship with her. <laughs> it's just cringe yeah. don't do it I mean I, do I, it. I get that people give out business cards to complete strangers but I think yeah it's not in the acting world looking desperate is very um cringy can you tell me too you said um LA is quite heavy what do you think the source of the heaviness is is it what you just said is it that people are taking people are connecting with other people to take to get mm-hmm. or is it something else I, you know, I think this city has been through a lot. I think a lot of large cities go through more than small towns do. And um, with that, there are just people that are hurting. And I, I yeah. think I think it just comes down to that. Like you can honestly find that anywhere, but you see it in a larger city more because of such a, is it, con- it's a large population in a condensed space, right? Yeah. Um, mm. And yeah, I feel like now too, everybody uh, works from their computers, works from home. And like I work from home, I work from my computer. But honestly, looking at a screen all day is detrimental. And then you forget <laughs> how to talk to people. Like it is it is awful. Like I hate it's it. Awful. I'm so over it. I'm so over it. I force yeah. myself to go on walks now because, um, because I get stressed out and nobody mm. stresses me out. It's nobody. It's me. Like it is yeah. staring at a screen, scrolling constantly. That stresses me out. And that's why too, 
this social media thing, this self-marketing thing is something I'm really struggling with. I can't decide Mm -hmm. if I want to be on social media. I can't decide if I want to do it or not. Like I go back and forth every week. I'm like, maybe I should do it because it would open more doors. I don't really want to do it and do day in my life so you can get ready with me. So I don't really like that. Like it just. It feels so cringy, doesn't it? It, and I have yeah. it too, if I'm honest. Um, yeah. I do it with intention and with purpose because I run a business. But yeah, right. like before I had that, before I ran the business, I used to feel really cringy. And you do have those friends who criticize you that are non-actors who just kind of roll right. their eyes. And right. and the arts industry, we kind of get it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's not fun. And wouldn't it be great if we didn't have to do that? Wouldn't it be great if that didn't exist yeah. and we could just like do the old school way? I'd be like, yeah, everybody wants that. Like, and it's nice to hear that I'm not the only one because I mean, you're yeah. 18 and a half yeah. years old. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's nice to hear that I'm not the only one because like for well, me, people go, oh, you're just, it's just your age. <laughs> I think, I think it's a self-glorifying um, mm. thing that people run into, right? So it's like when, when yeah. people see artists, they, I know like in my hometown, I've run into this a couple of times where they're like, well, you just want to be famous so bad. Like, you know what I mean? It's like this fame thing when mm. in reality, I do not want to be famous. I would yeah. love for my work to get seen. I would love for my work to be glorified and I don't want it to glorify me. I want to glorify God. It's very yeah. like I want to do work that serves people. Um, Good, yeah. That's my intention with, with what I do now. Yeah. But it's hard because it's like we are in a career where fame is often found and yes. that's hard to explain to my friends back home that's like hey like I actually don't want to be famous I just I just want to work I want to be involved in the craft I want to do what I love so when I'm posting on social media and I'm you know um if like choreographers follow me and producers follow me, I, I want them to see that I'm working. I want them to see that I'm singing and that I'm writing and that I'm dancing and that mm. I'm acting. And so for me, that's, it's like a, almost a business portfolio, but to my friends back home, it's like, you're trying to be famous. Da, 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 da. And that's, oh, yeah, it's, it's hard. Really it's really hard. Yeah. 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 I separated uh, my accounts because of this very issue with the non-people in my life from my hometown, which wasn't an arts town. I didn't want to run two social media accounts, but I separated them because for me it felt like I was cringing my hometown people and the others were getting it and it was just so confusing. So I was like, right, business profile, private profile. Yeah. (laughs) This one's to stay in touch with my community and friends. This one's for my work and it it just creates more work if I'm honest. But, um, But it's nice. It's nice to have that separation because it is really challenging and I totally agree. I think most creatives, um, are struggling unless they've got some level of celebrity already where it doesn't really matter what you post. It's because of who you are. But yeah, can you tell me too, like dealing with rejection, because I know the stats are 95% of actors at any one time are not working. And I know that you're more than an actor. You're a singer songwriter and you're a dancer and you're, you're other things. So let's look at all of that. But it's not always sunshine and rainbows over there. No. <laughs> How do you deal with the rejections, the setbacks that, you know, I do a self-tape, it doesn't get, I don't get, you know, a callback. What what keeps you motivated? Well, I think the thing with the self-tapes is like you turn them in and then you're done. When I do a self-tape, I'm going to work. I've been hired to film a self-tape and I get to have fun with it and I get to see what Ava brings to the role 
And then Ava's work's done. If I get a call back and they want me to read it again and have fun with it again, I will, right? But because that is so rare and that is so like, even just another thing I say is you don't know how far you get. I auditioned for a project a couple months, no, maybe about a year ago, and I got to maybe the third round and I never heard back. And then my reps reached out to me and they were like, you got to the final, you got to the final six. And I had no idea, right? Because I I didn't get called back in. I had no idea. Like that was incredible for me. I just didn't realize that that is how far I got. Um, and so we're not told, we're often not told how far we get. We're often not told if we don't get a call back, we still don't know how far we get. You know what I mean? So I think, yeah, you got to just send in the self tape and be done. You, you can't dwell on it. Um, I treat it like an acting class scene, right? I, I work on it with my friends and I, I do it. I get coaching if it's a project that I think needs it and I send it in and then she's done, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think too, this career is such a roller coaster. Some days I will be just like, nothing's ever happened for me. Like, yeah. da, da, da. And then I have to be like, okay, that's a selfish thought, right? Like, let's mm. let's take that out. And yeah. then it could literally be two hours later. It's like, oh my gosh, I got an audition. Like it yeah. is so <laughs> I'm so <laughs> I am. Do you want to hear something hilarious? Yeah. This morning I ring my husband and I'm like in the last month, I have had 26 rejections. 26, Ava. Yeah. Yeah. But that, I was like, ouch. And in that, I had probably three very, very close. Um, yeah. But 26 rejections, the normal person wouldn't be have the capacity for. But that's just normal, isn't it? In, like, oh, yeah. in the arts industry, it's just normal. And I think about that crazy thing of Edison and I'm like, he failed so many times, but we all have light because of him because he yeah. failed 10,000 times and he says he didn't fail. And so, yeah, the self-talk's huge, isn't it? Because yeah. I find myself feeling like I had a moment this morning where I was like, oh, I just, 26, yeah. like, God, yeah. please come and encourage my heart right now yeah. because yeah. my heart is really crushed. But then I go, but what about those three that wrote to you and said that was an excellent audition or can we set up a call in January, but now it's Christmas and, you know, um, so my, I have to encourage myself mm -hmm. because it's so easy to let your thoughts spiral, isn't it? And yeah. go, oh, yeah. I'm not getting there. Because what happens is one thing feeds into another, right? Mm. And so I was told the other day by a mentor that I really like is, um, what is it? Talk to yourself more, listen to yourself less. Um, because I will be minding my own business by myself and all of a sudden I have this conversation in my head and it's like gosh don't you just hate that you're not good enough and I'm like whoa where did you come from come what do you do yeah. what are you? and I'll be and I'll like literally have conversations out loud and I'm like this that's not healthy and it's because like we're sensitive people we like mm -hmm. you know whatever mm -hmm. but I'm learning like to talk to myself and be like like you're fearfully and wonderfully made right? You bring something to the table, right? Mm. Um, it, it's like I'm having to tell myself. I have to talk myself down. I literally go, stop, Ava, right? I have to yeah. talk myself down. And, you know, other things too. It's like external factors, right? COVID, the strike. Oh, yeah. I, I like <laughs> – I don't even know. Supply I moved here. <laughs> yeah. I moved out here yeah. September 
And then I was here working for six months and then the strike happened and COVID was happening before that. And so it's not – like I said, I didn't have any expectations. But what I thought was going to be happening wasn't happening for me. I somehow managed to work this year. Very thankful for that. Um, Huge blessing for me because – Honestly, if we look at like how long it normally takes when you first get to a city to actually start booking work and meeting people, it takes a long time. But I was really blessed to have work going into uh, this new season of my life. And I feel Mm. like too, sometimes rejection feels like you're not being heard or being seen for things you're ready for, right? So my roommate and I, we'll get pitched for things and that we like are excited about and then we won't get the audition, right? And it's normally and who knows why that is, right? And it's it's hard when you feel like you're ready for something or you know, you feel like you could book a room but you can't book a self tape. Like it, it those <laughs> things are hard. It's like yeah, do they yeah. even watch them? Like I think I think they do. I think casting does watch every self tape or at least like starts to Some watch every <laughs> Right. Like I think yeah. th- I think they at least do that. Um but I also think redirection is a great thing and if you don't take time to reflect on it, you can't learn from it. If I yeah. didn't take the time, I I lost a pretty big job in May after working on it for 2 months. And mm. I did not take the time to reflect on it until mm. this month. Wow. As yeah. in looking back at it or just the experience and the emotional or both? Looking back, looking back on it, it wasn't anything to do with with my work. It was just looking back on the process of it and mm. like realizing that after that job, I didn't work for four months, and I didn't also, yeah. I also didn't work my side job again for four months. Like I think I got hurt, and I couldn't talk about that in, to myself until this month when I was like ready to process my whole year, right? So mm. it's one of those things where it's like now that I'm reflecting on it, I'm realizing, oh, that's actually not the kind of job that I necessarily want. Okay. Like yeah. my acting is not necessarily that way. Like, okay, I, I don't I don't want to be doing that, that line of work. And so then I kind of was able to circle back and um, figure out what I truly wanted as an artist. And I'd say the other thing with that is like journaling is the best thing you could ever do for yourself. And it might not work for everybody. And honestly, I don't even know if it works for me, but I have been journaling every day since the first day of fifth grade. I have 12 Mm -hmm. journals. They're stacked full. Um, There's one year where I didn't write. Regret that a lot. That was like my sophomore year of high school, right? But Everything has been documented that I've done. And so I'm able to, even if I don't really want to reflect, I can go back and find the root of actually a lot of like my anxiety or problems that um, I started. And it's it's good to reflect on that, I think. That is so, so true. It's so healthy. And journaling is purely hearing your own thoughts back. I mean, yeah. it's your, your thoughts written out. And then taking the time to reflect. Most people don't. It's really scary to do it. It can be very painful. But I think, like you said, allowing yourself to grieve and process allows you just to keep moving forward, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's hard because it's like, yes, we're going for work. There's a supply and demand issue to begin with. Um, We don't hear back how close we get and then we're sensitive. And it's like this recipe for emotional (laughs) trauma and all of that kind of thing. So would you say... How were you ready 
for Hollywood and how were you not ready? Well, <laughs> I was ready for Hollywood because I was a dancer. Mm. End of story, right? Dancers, when you're working in a ballet company, dancers have this like discipline and it's yeah, like true. you get told the same correction like over and over. People are like yeah. – I mean, like, it's like harsh, like, and it, it's to me, like, it never felt harsh because of, I was so used to it. And I worked for, you know, five years in that way. And, uh, I think that's why I'm as tough as I am, despite being a sensitive soul, like not hearing back from an email does not bother me. Not hearing back about a self tape could not bother me less. Like it doesn't, it's okay. It's not my project. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think I was ready for Hollywood in the way of like, okay, I was a little tough. And then also I had worked a couple projects while still living at home. I think that was really helpful before I moved to Hollywood, right? So I worked on a pilot uh, 20, 2020, right before COVID. And um, then I worked uh, – I did a short film in LA at one point when I was like 15. And then I worked – over the summer before I moved. And I think those projects helped prepare me for what like the set life was like, you know? And I was not ready. We always joke about this. When I was 16 and I came out here with my mom, I would not even go on a walk by myself. I wouldn't go to the grocery store by myself. I wouldn't go downstairs in the lobby and pick up the mail. Wow. <laughs> my parents had no reason to believe I was ready. I I wasn't, but I yeah. grew up, I grew up right over that summer yeah. and somehow I was not ready to move, but I did and I stepped into it and mm. I, I kind of had to prove to myself a little bit and I had to learn to trust myself and I had to learn how to trust my gut and my instincts and learn when people aren't looking out for me and learn like what grocery stores to go to, what gas stations I can go to. You know, it's just I wasn't ready to be living in a city, but I did it. Yeah, that's really encouraging because you yeah. do learn as you go with everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What what's your um how do you kind of balance it all because you've got the practicality of your dreams but then you've also got your survival job and surviving in the industry and you know all of yeah. the practicals yeah. how, what's your life look like in that area you know my like day to day I always like this is always fun to talk about because it's different every single day yesterday I like got up in the morning I coached on an audition I did like my first tapes of it then I went and I worked my side job. I'm a, um, I work for a girl with down syndrome. And wow. so I went and worked with her for a couple hours and then I came home, went right into acting class, acted until eight, filmed my self tape until nine 30. And then I went out to dinner with a friend, came back. We talked about our creative projects. I was in bed at like one right? Like it, it always looks different for me. And I think I have to make time to be creative because like, I'm taking this quarter off of school so I could focus on Christmas and I was working on a, in a show. Um, and so I'm starting school again in January and I don't know how I'm going to do it. Like I feel like I just have to, I have to make time, right? It helps if I schedule out things. I'm very like, I'm a very free soul. So if I don't schedule my life, my life doesn't happen, right? So <laughs> I, um, <laughs> like at all. Um, so like I'll, write my schedule the day before and then I'll stick to it. And I think 
finding time to exercise is actually the hardest thing unless I'm like Mm. supposed to be going to a dance class because of where I'm at now. I'm not really in class as much. And so I have to write myself into dance classes or into exercises because I will not exercise. I'll be like writing for like six hours at a coffee shop and then I'll be like, okay, now I got to go work. Okay, now I got to do this social media thing, that social media thing. And then like by the end of the day, I'm like, uh, I haven't even gone outside. Like, so <laughs> Let alone cook myself something healthy to eat. Yeah. It's oh, like yeah. chaos. Cooking. That is like, okay, that for anybody coming to Hollywood or going to New York, whatever you're doing, you got to learn how to cook. That is the most important thing. I have known how to cook my whole life, but the first year I moved here, I couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, I, I think I think I was going through a lot when I first moved out and I just like was so paralyzed in this like fear of adulting that I just like could not provide for myself. Um, But now like a year later, I'm like, okay, I can make chicken in my air fryer. Like I'm good, you know? So Air fryers are the the savior of Hollywood. They're good. So good. Have you done sweet potato fries in your air fryer? Oh, yes. Oh, Oh, yeah. They're so good, aren't they? (laughs) So I think, yeah, balancing yourself, you have to, you have to do it when you don't want to, Mm, you know? It's true. This morning, you probably saw it on my Instagram, I, um, I posted that I made a frittata because, you know, it's crazy right now. There's so much on. I've got a class tonight online. Like we said, online sucks, but it it happens. Um, And I'm like, I'm not going to be able to eat a nice, healthy protein meal. Mm -hmm. So it's frittata. It's like easy. It takes me two seconds, stick it in the oven, and it's in the fridge, and I can do it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, which I am doing this week. But it can be really crazy, like trying to, you know, nurture our health and, and all of the things we do, and it's a bit chaotic and whirlwind because of the nature of the ever-changing days. Most yeah. people that are saying I'm a career performer wouldn't say they have a nine to five um, because yeah. we need the flexibility. So right. we'll be everywhere. Right. Mm. I tried for a while to, to have a nine to five and I just like – could not show up for work the way I that the way I was supposed to the way like I had committed to because this it, things come up the day of they come up That's the true. day of like I will mm. kid you not I'll wake up to an email and it'll be like can you be here at this time and it's like oh I didn't realize I booked the job and then it's like oh okay gotta go <laughs> like you know like the, you have to find you have to find a way to be okay with not knowing what you're doing so true. last week (laughs) this is just a classic my daughter had eight nutcracker performances last week it we hit Monday I was like oh the kids are at school my husband's at work I'm just gonna relax I'm just gonna make coffee and I was about to put my feet up and ding I was in and then you've got a self-tape it's due by the end of the day I'm like oh there goes my entire day off um so I mean that's the nature of it isn't it and I was like okay then the adrenaline hits and I I get going but the day of rest just got hijacked as many things do. It's like, bye-bye, no rest for you. Um, But then, you know, you have other days where you can rest for many, many weeks straight. Yeah, it is. (laughs) It is. uh, It's, it's weird like that, but it's such a, we're so lucky that, you know, um, we've been given a passion for this. And I think I, I'm very thankful for, for what I've been able to do and what I'm doing. And I always think about a younger version of myself who this is all she wanted to be doing. And she didn't yeah. know how to quite express that to people that this is what she wanted. Mm-hmm. And um, so I often read back on my younger self because I can, 
because I, I documented, I've documented my whole life and that's really special. Yeah. It's really a cool thing to, uh, to see me get excited about my first audition or read about me booking my first job or, um, read about the time that I was 12 years old and I was, my mom took me to a theater show and I cried because I wanted to be doing what the girls on stage were doing. And I was like, I don't understand. Like I, like I, I want this career. Like I don't understand why I'm not up there and, um, Mm. finding the passion for it and finding the love for it. And just realizing that like literally all I care about is creating. That's all, that's all I care about. Yeah, I get it. And you were really born into that because I remember from the youngest age that you, you've been surrounded with the arts. You've been surrounded by legends of the craft, uh, legends in the arts industry. And it's like, it's contagious. (laughs) Yeah. It's really contagious. And it's either going to make you walk way, way away, or it's going to make you go, I want this too. Yeah. Well, yeah. my mom is like the coolest person I know. I like She's brag so cool. about her. I brag yeah. about my mom because because my mom deserves to be bragged about. Like she I a very, just, very she's a powerhouse, isn't she? Yeah, she is. And she inspires me every day. And what I love is that my friends out here really love my mom. And Good. how could that you not? She's so cool. Me. <laughs> <laughs> she's not a normal mom. <laughs> she's not. She's, she's I like hope my little girl will say that about me one day. Oh, but I'll be like oh, the cool will. mom. <laughs> and my mom is like, like we'll be in the kitchen. She'll be like, shuffle ball, change. What do you think about this? What if we did the arms like this? And, and I'm like, I'm literally collaborating with like my mother here. Like this is like wild. Like not a lot of kids can 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 say that. And I think we all. I think every family comes from things right so my my thing that I came from is movement and dance and Mm -hmm. I know like I have other people that connect with their parents on other things and um that's such a beautiful way that life that life works it's so true that's actually really beautiful that you said I want to hear your biggest high of the year and a half the 18 months what's your biggest high (laughs) whether it's a print doesn't have to be work it could be anything at all it could be like a night out in LA oh I've had some fun nights out I think um (laughs) I I I snuck into a premiere oh fun (laughs) (laughs) was it in the interval what in the the half time or at the start no at the start um my roommate and I we like dressed up we dressed up we had heard of what was going on and we you know took ourselves down to this theater and um we we snuck in and we got to like we got to like meet everybody and sit and um go to the after party we got invited to the after party oh my like, gosh it's just, like, so fun yeah. that's what you want LA to be yeah, yeah. and you know <laughs> also I feel to me that's like one of those things where it's like I did that once I will never do it again it was too yeah. it was too heart pounding it was <laughs> yeah. not I don't even know if it was worth it but like it was mm. it's nice to say that I like I, I, I did, did that, that. <laughs> yeah you know that was like <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I I like literally probably wasn't thinking. And I say like a work high I've had is that um, I I've written a movie musical. Um, That's just as you do, Ava. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. People just do that every day. (laughs) And it's uh, I've written for it and it's literally my baby. Like I um. I'm so excited to be able to share that. And I'm actually like in the process of beginning to pitch it right now. And so cool. It's 
it's exciting. Like I, I love yeah. that I, I love that I have something that's like I created this, and and that mm. seems crazy to me because, you know, I was always the kid that was like. Um, making all the neighborhood kids make like TV episodes with me and like making these stupid <laughs> music videos on video star. And like, that's just who I was. And I like, remember I wrote this musical in middle school, not this one, but a musical. And mm. like, ugh, I, all my classmates like hated me by the end of it. And I was like, definitely like not cool. Like I was totally not cool, but I was like, I was very type A. That's a really good way to Were explain it. Were you like it. Rachel and Glee? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Going to Broadway and everything I was, was just- Listen, guys, we have a sold out house tonight at the elementary school. <laughs> like everything has to be perfect. Um, that's pretty much who I was. And I love it. <laughs> but it's been I'm realizing that all those little things led to me having the passion and the drive to actually flesh out a screenplay and writing music is something that I've stepped into that I care about so much. And Mm -hmm. it started by my journals. It did. Like everything I write, I go back to and I'm like, like, okay, this, how can this be a song? How can I sit and do it? And, you know, I have this challenge for me in my new year and I encourage like everybody to follow along on it if they'd like, but um, it's called For Me, For You. And it's 12 projects. I'm going to do a project every month for the next 12 months. I'm going to create something and I'm going to share it. Because in my acting class, at the end of the quarter, we had to create a creative project. And I created something based on my journals. It's this thing called the carver, right? And it's the idea that we're all slabs of marble and things that happen in our lives carve us, right? So the carver carves us. And then the creator is the only one that knows how we turn out to the beautiful sculpture we become, right? And we are the carver in other people's lives, right? Mm. So it's this kind of this concept that I crafted and it was in one of my old journals, right? And I, um, yeah, so, so I'm challenging myself to create more projects like that. And why I'm calling it for me for you is because Rick Rubin, he did this interview where he was like, Creating work for yourself is the best thing you can do for other people. And I was so mad at him. Like, I was like, no, I create work to serve other people. I do not create work for me. That's selfish. That's wrong. Mm -mm. I created this creative project for acting class for me. It's the first time I've ever made something for Mm. me. And everyone in my acting class was more affected by it than anything I've ever done. Right? So. Because when you're writing off of your personal experience, you connect to the human connection. You're not trying to find what the audience wants. You're not trying to find what other people want. You understand what you need. And then other people that relate to you need that same thing. So Mm -hmm. it's called For Me, For You. And I'm going to do 12 projects over the next 12 months. And I'm really excited about it. Oh, I'm excited. Let's watch this space. and. I was going to say, what are your goals and aspiration? But that sounds like the most wonderful ones. And with that, how can people get involved? Like how can they find Ava online? Yeah. So my Instagram is the Ava Jean and my, I have a website, but you don't need to go on that. Like I have a, I have an Instagram. That's pretty much all I have. I guess I have a TikTok too, but I don't really use it. So don't worry about that. (laughs) And um, <laughs> go to go to Instagram. Is that where they can hear when after the month about your yeah? 
I'm going to yes, start posting them on YouTube too. And my oh, YouTube's fun. connected to my Instagram. So you can all find Perfect. that through that. Yeah. That's really, really cool. And of course, I'll put all of that in the show notes. So Yay. what advice, even though you're not yet 20, what advice <laughs> would Ava give to her younger self about where you where you've come through in the last year and a half and where you are now looking back at the the Ava of maybe 16 or younger yeah what would you say to her um I would tell her to listen I would tell her to listen you can learn a lot from learning about other people that's a good answer and what about advice for others what would you encourage other performers artists visual artists whatever (laughs) Yeah, I would honestly just say like people always say like just do it. Like literally, you want to be a director, you're a director. Like you want to be an actor, you're an actor. You have to step into that. You cannot just wait to say that. If that's who you want to be and what you want to do, you're doing it right now, right? Mm -hmm. This is what's happening. You sit down at your computer, you want to be a director, fine, find a project to direct. Like it's, it's one of those things where It will not wait for you. You have to catch it. You have to step into it because nobody else is going to do it for you. Nobody else is going to be the one that's holding your hand because people don't have the time and they also don't have the money. It's like, it's one of those things where it's like, you are your biggest investor in yourself. That's how it's going to be for the rest of time. And until someone takes a chance on you, you have to take on a chance on yourself. You That's know, really good. That's yeah, good advice. Really, really good advice. That's solid. Also, you've started a new podcast, and how can people tune in to Hold for Sound? Yeah, Hold for Sound. <laughs> Hold for Sound is done by me and my roommate, and we interview people in the arts, like. Uh, people, mainly actors and producers that um, are older than us and they're passing down knowledge to like the next generation. That's kind of our little thing. Mm. Um, And yeah, you can find us on Instagram at Hold For Sound Podcast. And then we're on Spotify at Hold For Sound Podcast. And we're on YouTube at Hold For Sound Podcast. So (laughs) that's very cool. Do you film it in your apartment because you both live there? No, we we have a studio we go to. That is so cool. I yeah. love that. What a wonderful thing to do with somebody that you've got right in your house, in it. It's our little strike. It's a reflective tool, isn't it, podcasting? Oh, yeah. It's reflective. And because we're not in college for film, having these guests on is like we're getting a film degree. Like we are hearing so we're learning so much from having these oh, people yeah. on. And so not only is it good for the next generation of young artists, but it's also helping us learn kind of how to navigate where, where we're at. Very, very cool. And I have loved everything I've seen you guys doing. And thank Thank you you. so much for chatting. Thank you so much for having me on today. I've had so, so much fun. Phew, today's masterclass is done. I love reaching back and saying I've done this and helping you learn the easy way. If you want more, head to larabiancapilcher.com for show notes, links, freebies, my blog, coaching and courses and you can also head to my socials Lara Bianca Pilcher on Instagram and Facebook. I'm also on Twitter and Pinterest. Thanks again for listening. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That would mean the world to me. And of course, keep on living the healthy, wealthy, wise artist living towards your dream life. Bye friends. P.S. Shout out to my hottie hubby Andrew Pilcher who does all the editing on this podcast.